Louise McSharry on 2FM. Um, as I mentioned when I was introducing the show this week, the Spanish government agreed to launch a pilot project for companies to trial a four-day working week. Now, they're not the first country to try a pilot scheme, but um, it uh, joins a list of countries including Germany and New Zealand and it's definitely a good sign for those backing the 32 hour working week and fortunately there are people in Ireland who are working on that too. Four Day Week Ireland is a campaign that advocates for a transition to a shorter working week for all workers in the public and private sectors. I'm now joined by Director of Campaigning for Forza and Chairperson of Four Day Week Ireland, uh, Joe O'Connor. Hello Joe. Hi Louise, good morning. Good morning. So tell me about the Four Day Week Ireland campaign. Um, When did it begin and how's it going? So the campaign was launched in September of 2019. Um, As you mentioned, we're a coalition of trade unions, businesses, environmentalists, women and academics who are campaigning for reduced working time here in Ireland. Um, And really what we've been trying to do is to start a public conversation here on the case for reduced working hours I suppose with the medium term objective of moving towards the four day work week being the default work arrangement across the economy, and that is with no loss of pay. And certainly we've seen in in the time since the campaign has launched, there is an increased international debate in this area. Um, There's been a lot more pilots, there's been a lot more businesses who have trialled this or introduced it, and the, the early results have been extremely positive. And we're quite hopeful that, particularly in light of of some of the impacts we've seen in terms of the pandemic, Mm. that there is going to be a growing appetite for the shorter working week here in Ireland in the years to come. Well, I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a worker who wouldn't say a four day working week for the same money like I'm on board. (laughs) Um, But how do you sell this to employers? Well, we believe the shorter working week can absolutely be good for business. And this is borne out by the evidence we've seen so far. I suppose there is no correlation between working longer hours and achieving higher productivity. And we see that in a lot of countries in Europe, the countries that achieve the highest productivity, such as Denmark, Germany, the Netherlands, on average, their workers tend to work shorter hours, whereas some of the countries that have higher or lower productivity, like the UK and like Greece, um, are the ones that work the longest hours. So we've seen in New Zealand, for example, um, this idea of the 180-100 model, which is about 100% of the productivity, 80% of the time for 100% of the pay. And it's really about changing how we think about work away from this idea of it being measured by the time you spend at the desk or the time you spend in the office, and more about the productivity, the outputs and the results. Yeah, and I mean, like, as you said, the pandemic has really shone a light on it, hasn't it? Because you suppose most people have been kind of arbiter of their own schedule and have been working flexibly throughout the day in a way that works for them and their family because they're working from home. There's more flexibility there. Um, And, you know while people who haven't had childcare and have had children at home, I would imagine have had a bit of a drop in productivity. I'm sure most people have found that actually, if they work smarter, they can get their work done in less time. That's absolutely it. The idea is all about working smarter and not working longer. I think COVID has definitely disrupted a lot of the the norms and the assumptions about work and what work is and what it looks like that not just workers, but also employers had 
Um, and I think it's laid bare that a lot of these assumptions are, are just that and that the potential for a new model of, of how we organise work is absolutely, is absolutely possible. Um, we also think that just even in terms of work-life balance, and you mentioned childcare, mm. um, that this is something the National Women's Council are one of the coalition partners on this campaign. And they believe that a four-day work week could be absolutely revolutionary for gender equality. Mm. Um, we've seen our union is mostly within the public service. Um, about three quarters of our members are women. And we've seen a huge amount um, in response to surveys that we've done, a huge amount of women who've talked about that they've moved to a four-day week I suppose, coming back from maternity leave, um, for caring reasons, they've remained on a four-day work week. Um, and even though they're only, only being paid for four days, they generally feel that they're achieving the same productivity, they're, they're doing the same work over four days as they were over five. So we think that moving towards this will really allow for a greater balancing of caring responsibilities in the home and a much more balanced, even playing field between women and men, which will allow women to take on more leadership roles in work, more training opportunities. Um, so that's one of the benefits of the four-day working week as we see it. And I gather there's also an impact in terms of the environment. That's right. There's a pretty clear correlation from the research that's been done to date between working time reduction and reduced carbon emissions. So one study in Sweden showed a 16% drop-off in carbon emissions um, from a four-day working week, and that obviously comes from reduced commuting times, reduced energy use in buildings, reduced paper use in buildings. So when you think about the huge challenge that we, we face as a society um, in terms of climate change, trying to decarbonise our economy in the, the years and decades to come, we think a four-day week could have a huge, huge impact in terms of you know, meeting our targets and, uh, and, and really support the battle against climate change. Can I ask, how would this work for people who work in jobs like, say, I don't know, hairdressing or retail, where it is about being there for a certain amount of time? You know, you can't rush, you know, an extra haircut into your day necessarily. Or, you know, if you work in a shop, the shop needs to be manned at all times. Um, so how would that work? Well, I think the important thing when we talk about a four day week is that this isn't a rigid model. Right. It's a flexible model. Um, and in the same way as, as we know today, the standard work arrangement in the economy is the five-day week, the nine-to-five. But there's a huge amount of workers, employers, sectors where that isn't the case. Mm. And there will need to be different models of work um, for different sectors, for different employees. Even when we move towards, as we hope that we will, the four-day week becoming the default. So, for example, as you said, there are public services, there are private services that will need to continue to operate on a five-day basis, or in some cases, on a seven-day basis. So this isn't about everyone having Friday off, for example. Yeah. It might mean that some people have Mondays off. It might, might mean that some people have Wednesdays off. But it's about strong management, clever rostering. And where this has really worked has been where the employer says, look, these are the targets that we need to meet. This is the productivity that we need to maintain. And if we move to a four-day week, they've really empowered their workers to come up with solutions that really make this work for that particular business or that particular sector. So we do think that some form of a shorter working week can work 
pretty much right across the economy. Yeah, because Eddie's just texted in and said, yeah, that's fine for some businesses, but I'm a dairy farmer and a four-day week won't work. Who's going to milk the cows for the other days? Which is a valid question, but I suppose it's about the way that you organise your workers. Although I just don't, I mean, does anyone work harder than farmers? I'm not sure. I think if you if you have a farm, you certainly never have a day off, do you? <clears throat> no, you don't. I, I'm actually a Roscommon man myself, so I, I'd, uh, I've got a lot of farmers close by here who uh, probably wouldn't see a four-day week as being in their future. But look, I mean, it, it is really about moving towards the four-day week as the default yeah. and trying to achieve working time reduction um, right across the economy. And one of the really positive findings that, that we've seen in, in recent times is we did an opinion poll back in September of the public and their attitudes to a four-day working week. And as you mentioned earlier, unsurprisingly, there was a huge amount of support, very very high appetite for the idea of a four-day week. But also within the employer community, around 46% of employers, when asked if they believed a four-day week, trialling it in their own workplace setting was something that was feasible and was achievable, they said that it was. So around half of Irish employers do believe that this could work in their workplace. And I think that's very encouraging at this stage of the campaign. Yeah, it's very interesting. And so the people who are resisting, what are their concerns? Is it just productivity? Well, I think it's important, Louise, to note that, you know, throughout history, trade unions like ourselves have campaigned for working time reduction in line with productivity increases and advances in technology for, for workers. And even if you take the five-day week uh, or the, the weekend or the eight-hour day, which, as we know, um, up to 100 years ago, that was not the norm. And back then, employers argued that not, you know, a weekend was an unaffordable luxury that we couldn't afford to, um, to reduce hours to eight hours a day. We couldn't afford to work five days a week. Mm. Um, and, and actually, you know, we've seen that that's been achieved. Um, it's been in place now for a long time. But since the early 1980s, in most wealthy countries like ours, working time reduction has pretty much flatlined. It's stabilised. Um, we're working roughly on average around the same hours as we were back in the, in the early to mid-1980s. And that's despite the fact that since then we've seen such incredible advances in technology that we could scarcely have believed were possible at mm. that point in time. The internet, email, globalisation. And I suppose from our point of view, despite those huge advances in technology, we haven't seen any real reduction in the working week. So as we now face into a future where there's going to be more automation, there's going to be a greater use of artificial intelligence, and there's going to be huge productivity benefits from those new technologies. We think it's vital that those benefits are shared with work workers. And as it has been throughout history, we think working time is the perfect place to start having that conversation. Well, it sounds good to me, I have to say. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's Joe O'Connor, Director of Campaigning for Forza and Chairperson of the Four Day Week Ireland campaign. Have a lovely day, Joe. Thanks, Louise. Thank Take care. you. Um, yeah, I just kind of, you know, I can't see people fighting too hard for that. And I, if if the facts show that the productivity doesn't suffer, then really, why would we not? Wouldn't it be great if we got to a place in Irish society where we had a bit more balance and where it, you know, families were able to work better for children and for parents? Um, and indeed, people could just have a bit more spare time to have interests beyond their work. I mean, I think we've all really learned over the last year that it is so important to have something going on that's not in work. But if you don't have the time, you don't have the time. Louise McSherry on 2FM.